Hello Treacles, it's Matt Whitmore here, one half of Fit of Food, and this is Fit of Food Radio, episode number 82, and I'm of course here with Keris. Morning. Morning, you sound bright and energised today. Yeah, you've cruelly made, cruelly made a, a really nice double espresso and didn't make me one. I did offer you, you one. You did offer me one. And I you said, said no, no. I have some This water. is that classic example, it's like <laughs> when you go to a restaurant and you say, oh, I'm going to get some chips, do you want some chips? <laughs> no. But then you want to eat some of my chips. Not on. It's not on. Because you don't want it. And then you sit down next to me and the the smell is like wafting over it. Coffee always smells better than it actually tastes half the time, doesn't it? Smell is lovely. I like the taste as well, but I do do, agree with you. The smell is definitely the best part. One of the best parts, should I say. I just want to sip your... Focus. Espresso. Focus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've had a coffee today. That sounded a bit wrong, didn't it? <laughs> okay, right, we're, moving we're, on. We're addicted. <laughs> um, I've actually, speaking of caffeine, coffee even, I, I have actually had to get my consumption in check. Like, this is my second of the day, and it is 10 o'clock, but that'll be me now why? for the rest did of the day. Tell everyone why you did that, what happened? Well, it, it was just out of control, quite simply. You had simply. a little jittery episode. I did you? have a little jittery episode. I felt a bit <laughs> out of sorts, should we say, and... Um, yeah, like a bit, a little bit shaky, jittery, and yeah, it was just not a very nice feeling at all. But on that particular day, I probably couldn't have told you how many coffees I'd had because well, it had been that many. I'd probably just lost count. You know what I mean? <laughs> Another thing to add here is when you make coffee. So when you make cafetiere coffee, that's stronger because it all the of coffee course, yeah. sits in the water for longer. But you make it proper, really strong. Like my mum and dad call coffee. it blow your head off coffee, and they, even they can't hack your coffee when you make it. But when we went to see our mortgage broker and he made you a coffee and you were going, another spoonful, no, more coffee, more coffee. He was like, God, it's like, it was like the tar. spoon was standing up in the cup. And he was like, how do you drink this? Yeah, but the thing is, that 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 isn't to do with, because I'm like, oh, more caffeine, more caffeine. I just taste. like really strong yeah. coffee. And, and it's funny because like, I, if, if coffee's bitter, it's, I think it's an acquired taste because I like that. Yeah, I Whereas well, most people are like, oh, it's too, too bitter, strong. it's burnt, or whatever it is. You know, any coffee expert will say, if it's bitter, it's burnt, or something like that. I don't know, but that's how I like it. Burn my coffee. Yeah, burn that. Burn those beans. <laughs> anyway. So you're anyway, now down to two a day. Which down is to two a day, you. and that's been for the last ten days. Just already just feel so much better for it. And, you know, like just have two, you know, in the first kind of like half of the day, sleeping better you know energy is more kind of consistent in the afternoon um but again it's it's a weird one because i drink a lot of coffee because i like coffee um not because i'm like i need caffeine i need caffeine yeah if that if that makes sense because if i'm in a place where the coffee's not very good i won't have a coffee you know it's not like i'll have one for the sake of having one like i like i know where i like getting coffee from and what i like etc etc it was one point actually that i mentioned in a membership group the other day was one reason to give up coffee caffeine specifically sorry not coffee is actually to start to try and understand your energy levels better because it kind of is just masking it by well you know what it does so it kind of like hits all the receptors where we would get kind of Denosine and, and that would calm us mm. down and so so you never really know your true energy levels if you're always topping up with caffeine and that's not just coffee that's tea that's dark chocolate maybe red bull whatever your kind of stimulant of choice you know coke diet coke whatever it might be quite a lot of people are constantly topped up on t- caffeine and never know so they never know if they're fueling themselves right but but again you know uh, in terms of relating coffee or caffeine consumption to exercise 
and a lot of people are like, I can't, oh, I can't possibly work out in the morning without a coffee. Uh, but I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, for the life of me, I can't actually remember which one it was at this time, um, but I will put a note of it out there because it was really, really interesting. And it was speaking about um, this guy who works with, a, with sports teams, athletes, etc. And he's saying the biggest mistake he sees people making is like they, they'll have like a coffee like as they're walking to the gym. Yeah. But the actual caffeine doesn't actually take full effect for about 90 minutes. So there's them thinking, oh, yeah, this coffee, boy, you know, bosh, this is going to fire me up for this workout. It's placebo it's, effect. It's that placebo yeah, effect, yeah. which, again, you know, placebo, you know, it works. Well, and, the other thing is, isn't it, the bitterness supposed to stimulate your most... Kind of stimulates the brain yeah, or something, mentally, yeah. yeah. So that could but, be and it. I thought that was very interesting because he was saying that he noticed a lot of teams were at half-time, at say, like football, rugby or whatever, yeah. were getting the players to take like a caffeine supplement right. at half-time in order to kind of like see them through the second half. Yeah. But actually... Isn't cheating a little bit? I suppose it depends on the sport and yeah, whether, like, yeah. caffeine is banned in any way. I don't know. Yeah. And he was saying, but actually, like, it, it doesn't actually work. But, again, there's probably that placebo effect. Like, well, you know, we've had a hit of caffeine half-time. We're going to, like, absolutely smash the second half. Yeah. But, actually, probably the caffeine will kick in when they're in the showers afterwards. <laughs> vigorous <laughs> have a really, scrubbing really in the shower. really shower. I feel really clean today. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's uh, you know we always say it's the it's the power of a, a ritual, yeah. Um, and that goes for caffeine. And we often say it about like um, like pre workout amino acid. And um, we're digressing a little bit here, but this, yeah, is, yeah. this is good <laughs> this stuff. Is good. This is good stuff. And 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 it, I mean, there's actually some uh, there's studies the now to that do it without and see what the difference is. Yeah, and, and you can yeah. do it. We've done it, and yeah. I've had some phenomenal workouts without without a coffee at all you know just hydrated yeah. and boom got myself to the gym and you know it's that kind of mind over matter element and you just kind of go for it and and again it's that placebo and if you're convincing yourself oh i can't possibly have a workout without my morning coffee it's, it's probably more the, the the power of the ritual itself you yeah, know you yeah. get up you brush your teeth you make yourself a brew or if it's and a off bit you of go taste, to the gym. you could have some rocket or some olives then yeah can we, <laughs> don't suggest such things <laughs> oh, i love a bit of pre-workout rocket yeah <laughs> rocket fuel <laughs> rocket fuel um but yeah sorry i was just going to say that there are studies now that you know with regards to uh, amino acids uh, branched chain amino acids, etc., etc. Not, not really that. Actually, saying that there's the contributions very minimal. minimal um, yeah. In fact, I think there's a study that suggests actually it has a counterproductive effect on your workout. Oh, having them pre-workout, etc., really? etc. Et yeah, it, it, you know, I think the suggestion is based on if your diet is nutritionally sound and is already high in, in natural those, amino acids, etc., etc. Et um, but um, yeah, I need to look into it a little bit more. Um, we can probably do a podcast on it then because it's just really interesting stuff. But again, I always say to people that say, oh, you know, I definitely feel better of having amino acids yeah. before my workout in the morning. And again, like I'm the same, you know, I, I, well, I don't really have it now, but I'll have like, I, I was having pre-workout aminos. But for me, it was, again, part of my ritual before a workout in the morning. It made it easier for me to get a good old glug of water down me, you yeah. know, so hydration, pre-workout, etc., etc. You just liked et cetera, it because you had one that tastes like strawberry. Yeah, it tasted good. Blackcurrant. No, blackcurrant, was it? Blackcurrant yeah, water. You and your sweet tooth. And actually, I had one that had caffeine in it once. Um, so it was, it was free-form aminos and caffeine, and I had that and a black coffee. And I remember getting really 
shaky on the workout. Like yeah. just before I was about Sorry. to start, I was like, "Well, oh, that's way too much for Caffeine me." Caffeine overload. Yeah, basically, and I just and then like you, I kind of got into the aminos, but we spend a lot of money on good quality food and mm-hmm. um, other supplements that I think are kind of more important. So when we were kind of reviewing it, going, "We need to simplify life a little bit and cut down on some of these things." That was one of the first things I was like, "I just don't think it really adds to my." health goals my mm. I'm not trying to but I'm not like you as well I'm, I don't train like you do and as intense as you do so I was a bit like this is definitely wasted on me <laughs> like I just, but, but you know, I'm just running with the dog I'm not trying I think to it's, um, get medals you know, here when I was when I was younger you know and you know in my teens if you like and early 20 you know I totally bought into the supplement you know the, the workout stuff to, is sexy isn't it yeah and that's of, what it is you know you used to see the I used to see these absolutely jacked dudes who were taking like you know like this pre-workout that pre-workout this protein sup you know take this for an epic pump and all of that do you kind of buy into it, it makes you feel a bit hardcore you know yeah, and, yeah. and the supplements are always called like dynamite explosion extreme plus <laughs> yeah, you know you know, is good, it's it? all this like really crazy yeah, beast mode and whatever and, and I totally bought into it whereas now you know for me I know it's far more important to make sure that my nutrition is on point most of the time that my rest recovery is on point and that for me is what provides me with an, a, an epic workout you know no pre-workout is gonna a poor night's sleep and a week of eating utter crap you know despite sure. what people might think it's funny because I remember vividly when we were working for personal training seeing a guy in the gym and in his shaker he had like about three or four green tea bags and he was drinking it like in between workouts and I was like what is that in your shaker and he's like green tea burns fat <laughs> and oh, yeah. that's just like really like yeah. that is that's probably the craziest thing I mean there are kind of it has potential too but like <laughs> in the grand scheme of things oh, God, I that, wouldn't put yourself through that the whole green that. tea thing and again and I, I, I've been there don't, don't get me wrong like, but I used to uh, I used to get you know the two litre bottles of water Yeah. I used to stuff like a load of green tea bags in it fill it up with a little bit of hot water to let them brew a bit and then just fill it up with cold and then throughout the day I'd just be sipping on green tea thinking oh, it would turn me into a bat uh, fat burning machine you know <laughs> actually I do remember when I went to do Polyquin's biosignature and he talked a lot about kind of green tea and for things like estrogen management and and the fat burning potential of it and I was next to his trainer and he'd already done he was on his like third Polyquin course he'd done them all and he had like all his fish oils out and he, he was chomping on tea leaves <laughs> he'd gone to a whole new level he had this big thing of gunpowder green tea and I was like gunpowder green tea like what's that and he's like oh it's it's like really seriously strong like it's got loads and loads of antioxidants and all this you came back with some i did i came back with some you you bought into it and then i made one cup and it made me feel so sick because it was so strong and i was like that's disgusting i can't be doing with that i tried everything that they suggested on that course i was totally like oh my god the you know there's so much information and you know i was thinking about that course the other day so much of what i learned on that course still does stand i don't use the the body fat stuff um, that he does on mm-hmm. kind of like where we store fat and why hormonally massive digression here but I did he did loads of stuff on estrogen loads of stuff on like uh, magnesium and zinc and paleo interventions and I was like do you know what I did take away huge amounts if anything I came home from that and went I need to know more so went off and did yeah. more but like people slate it and and you know I'd, like I said I don't do the body fat the skin calipers anymore but I did learn so much about estrogen management and stuff it, almost dangerous amounts of information mm-hmm. because you were just like buying supplements left right and center without understanding contraindications and like you know kind of okay is this right for this client is it the biggest thing that they could invest you, in right now that that for me though is the kind of I think the beauty of of what we do in a way because you know over the years you know I've lost count of how many courses and workshops and seminars that we've been to 
and you know both you know about nutrition about training etc etc but rather than kind of coming away and just treating that one seminar as gospel and it's like this is how I have to do things this is the only approach that I should have to what I do you know it's like we've always said we always we, we take the be- what we feel were the best bits yeah. what, and, and we kind of adapt them accordingly, you know, according to the client we're working with, ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think it's so easy to get caught up in that, you know, you know, this is the way to do things. Nothing else is correct. This is the only way. But, also, but actually, you know, go on. Uh, where my head always goes now, and I actually heard um, Tommy Wood talk about this on a podcast, is like, is this sustainable? Is this realistic? Yeah. Can this work on a practical day-to-day well, basis? I mean, we, and we I, that to... goes through my head like quickly and I'm like, no, no one's going to do this. Like, if I'm not going to do it, well, Poly- you're not going to do Poly- it. Polycrim was very supplement heavy as well, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, at one point I thought we were going to have to remortgage the house because, <laughs> you know, Keris has spent so much money <laughs> on these supplements and bless her, you know, she, she got a bit excited, she there got a bit so, carried away. so many protocols. And, and I think, like, but you know what, this is, this is a good thing because like when we do put information out there and we talk about nutrition, supplementation, lifestyle training, et cetera, et cetera, like we've kind of been there. Yeah, like we've bought into the hype in the past, you know, but over the years, we've learned from our mistakes we've been able to adapt things and learn to kind of chill out a little bit more you don't have to spend the fortune on supplements you not know everything has to be organic but and do you know what the one of the powerful things about the whole like doing the polyclin course was actually kind of for me the other trainers were selling it to me more so I almost couldn't have skeptical head on mm. because I had so many people going and they looked amazing going you know I did this I tried this supplement I did the estrogen protocol and like I just leaned out like incredibly and that was women as well so I was like gosh you know like this is like almost like real life before and afters walking around in front of you and um and and the other thing was I vividly remember when we were doing the caliper measurements um there was a woman trying to do my umbilical like the front of your stomach Mm. next to your belly button and she was very lovely and she was going oh there's hardly anything here at this point in time and I remember this hand kind of coming around my waist a bit wrong when you think about it (laughs) grabbing a handful of of body fat on my hips and going this is where she's got the fat and it was Charles (laughs) Poliquin she was like you're not charming and then he just went insulin carbs and then list all these things that I felt I was doing wrong so then I came away and I was like right I need to sort out my estrogen I need to sort out my insulin and I kind of was fixated that I was doing something wrong and really like when I look back I think the only thing I was really doing wrong and probably the only reason I had any body fat like considering the amount of training I was doing and how good my nutrition was is because I was stressing too much overtraining and not sleeping and when I look back now and he did and he did a big sleep survey and said who wakes in the night who gets less than eight hours and my hand was going up for all of them I had the worst sleep like kind of outcomes of everybody there well, we, we were, so I was we like, were well, typical pcs at the time you know like yeah. very early starts very late finishes yeah dosed up on caffeine and then randomly just after that i go and brain my ankle and have to take 10 days off work where i've never slept so much in my life because thing they're around you yeah and so many people started going oh my gosh like what are you doing what are you taking because it's is it off that course that you went on you know like, amazing. taking some zeds so that was a big lesson for me off that course that you know and, and then i started to scale back the supplements and go there's something to be said for this sleep thing like mm. and, and this rest and not training like every single day of the week and stuff um and yeah and for anyone that wants to stack on some size go for his uh german volume training because that's what i kind of did when i came back and got hench so you had a yeah. bit of a top tom hardy I did. <laughs> tom hardy vibe 
in war you know in warrior where you had those uh epic traps yeah and it's and you know what and then it got really boring if you've ever done it it's really slow isn't it it's like the thing is with general volume training as well though i mean it's four, you know it three, is it's brutal two, you know four. it's 10 you know the classic 10 sets of 10 quite uh slow. short uh rest periods as well and but the things i think people get a bit carried away with it and end up doing it all the time and that's yeah. not really what it was designed to do but uh golly keras <laughs> we, we, we have digressed what, <laughs> well, we're what, what were we talking about again that, that was all useful but what we were going to talk about today was... i like this though it's very conversational it's very it's, natural it's you know unscripted like... informal and all of that <laughs> it's like radio radio listen to radio isn't it literally anyway uh what we were going to talk about today this was my idea was uh in case you don't know we've just launched our lifestyle transformation plan fit16.com awesome. you can go out and have a look that's why we haven't been around for a little while it was uh, huge amounts of work um, I had to brush my hair and put like decent clothes on because we did a lot of video content for once that's, and yeah, photos that's making effort <laughs> yeah that was, a, that was a pain in the bum <laughs> um, and, the, and and what we wanted to talk about today was uh, so I co- covered kind of the nutrition side you covered the training side and we had mega debates about how to do this so the, the point of this program was to kind of start to get people to be able to personalize their approach to health and fat loss mm-hmm. so whatever your goal is whatever your lifestyle is start to take in everything from stress to sleep to making the training work for you making the nutrition work for you and and kind of crowding out the noise on on the internet of all the, the rubbish that's going on and make this about real food and sustainable habits and so what you're doing now you can do in 12 months time mm-hmm. and well, we <clears throat> go on sorry oh, no, i was gonna say there were three key areas that literally took me about two months in the nutrition side i was going back and forth like what do i do what do i do about this key area? and i thought wouldn't it be good to talk it through today with you and and how i came to those conclusions um well, and you all... had the same with the training yeah. you were like if i say this people are gonna think this and if i don't do this people are gonna you know so 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 we had some big debates and some really long walks about it didn't we just to try and yeah but it was i think you know like we you know this is easily by far the biggest thing that we've ever done you know in, in our kind of like we said at the beginning of this year well we said that you know this was in last year actually when we, we was we were starting this plan and you know our goal for 2017 was to be able to help 10,000 people and that was going to be through our fit 16 program our books free seminars workshops etc etc traveling around the uk or wherever else you know just trying to spread the fit of food love as much as we can and, and but help also people. Kind, of, kind of almost like come back against the fads that are just just taking over but, well, <laughs> that's what i was going to say like you know but we we kind of saw like there, there was two main issues that we were repeatedly kind of seeing and that was a people were just so confused yeah. about you know what to do to to lose weight to gain muscle to get healthier to kind of just look after themselves better because as Kerry said like there's just so much noise out there you know so much conflicting information on social media you know the uh the internet books magazines you know what celebrities are endorsing etc etc um but also the big kind of common um dilemma that we saw was a or issue was was a real lack of sustainability in what people were doing and you know if we had a quid for the amount of times that we'd receive an email that started with i did this and i lost x amount of weight however i couldn't sustain the training i couldn't sustain the nutrition and now i've put all that weight back on plus x amount so again there was a real issue with sustaining results and we just thought, well, you know, we need to do something about this. You know, we need to clear up this confusion. We need to empower people with knowledge. You know, they don't need to become nutritionists, you know, to, but they it would be great for them to, to be educated a little bit more and have a better base level understanding of the foods they're eating, lifestyle habits, 
uh, exercise, movement, etc., etc., and then of course setting them up in a way that they can sustain it long term. And that was exactly why we created Fit at Sixteen. And the reason it took so long, as Keris mm. mentioned, is that you know we 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 wanted we want to help as many people as possible, you know, and we want to make sure that anybody who you know does uh, get involved with Fit at Sixteen, you know, same with our books as well, is able to kind of pick it up and get started right away, not feel overwhelmed by the information, feel empowered by the, uh, you know, the, the kind of newfound knowledge that they're learning, um, but also being able to kind of set themselves up so that they can go, do you know what? I, I, I can see myself doing this for forever. Mm. Like, this doesn't feel daunting. This doesn't feel like a diet, et cetera, et cetera. And, but that, and- that, that delivery, <clears throat> I mean, one of the biggest dilemmas for us, and I'm sure lots of other coaches and teachers, whatever your kind of industry is, one of the biggest dilemmas we're all facing at the moment is people are just... Um, their attention spans are stretched in so many different directions with social media. So well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So it's really hard to deliver without overwhelming or confusing. And so for me, I'm a bit like, I've got tons of information that I want to convey, but I don't want to put people off, you know, and scare them. And actually people are getting scared now by huge amounts of information because they spend all day reading information. So... That was a really hard aspect for us to, you know, kind of how do you break it down? And so we had to go bits of it are video, bits of it are written, bits of it are diagrams and like really break down information. And you're brilliant for me, um, as is like our team, really, because they go, Keris, you've like <laughs> really gone up on one here. Like, what are you this, on about? This is 100 pages long. Like, and, and come back to me and I was like, oh, OK, then I'll cut it down. And then I have to go back and break down the information, cut it down. And, you know, I don't want to scare people. And that was definitely something I struggled with. Yeah, I think like, you know, and, and we've we've learned a lot over the years, you know, just kind of like general, you know, constantly trying to, you know, like we are the eternal sh- student, if you like, but also learning mainly from our own personal experience with our one-to-one clients and also uh, people that have purchased our online plans in the past, which, you know, to date, you know, we've helped thousands of people and that's amazing. However, we did notice there was still an element of overwhelm. And even though we kind of thought that we had simplified stuff, it actually wasn't simple enough. And we, you know, we were like, well, that needs changing. You know, we need to simplify it a little bit more. And we can do that um, because, as we said, we want to be able to help as many people as possible. And, and as I say, that was our goal with our books. You know, we wanted people to pick up the books and think, oh, well, this meal, this. this meal looks yeah. easy enough. These nutritional changes seem simple enough. Oh, I feel quite excited to give that a try. And, you know, and, and, and it's a very similar thing, but on a much kind of like bigger, bigger scale. Um, but Should we ch- chat about the let's, dilemmas? We let's have? get into it. Let's so, get stuck in. So, you know, as Kerry said, you know, lots and lots of dilemmas that, that kind of people have day to day with kind of like their fat loss goal, weight loss goal, health, fitness, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we, we thought let's go through them because it's totally relevant. Let's get that info yeah, so, out there. So just to kind of explain. Clear a few things up. Yeah, because what this was for us was also probably a massive exercise in reflection over all the plans we've we've written, all the books and clients, we've, you know, the books we've, sorry, all the plans we've done and the books we've written and the clients we've worked with. What has been the best results that we've got? What has brought the best outcomes? And so when I started with the nutrition, I said to you, I'm going to start with an elimination diet and then build it out to incorporate more food. So gradually expand it because I feel this works brilliant with clients especially and on our plans and the bit the way it all goes wrong is the reintroduction phase and Mm -hmm. that's where people start to go you know 
kind of needed that's why we wrote, wrote the plan and made it 16 weeks because i said i almost need to do it over a longer period of time also as well, i suppose people. to highlight as well like it, it was broken down into phases so people focus on a phase at a time which is a four-week phase yes yeah but what i'm saying is that the the, the reason i did uh, uh what i really always wanted to do was kind of elimination diet that's gradually expanding over a longer period of time so not like oh cut these out for four weeks and then just add them all back in in the next four <laughs> weeks you know and then people are like oh well, everything feels rubbish again so which was it was it the was it the gluten was it the dairy was it the caffeine i don't really know what has made had that negative effect so um the way that that i decided to go and me and you went back and forth on it i said i think i want to go kind of full-on almost like a a stricter version of paleo grains are out dairies out and some other key things that i really wanted to take out were actually um desserts generally so even like your paleo desserts or your healthy desserts like kind of break that association with having something sweet after a meal yeah. uh, break that kind of sweet snack so a snack should be i if i'm going to have a snack it's a boiled egg so i always go for a protein based or a savory based snack mm-hmm. because really i've got to kind of assess is this a, is this a snack i need or is this something that where i'm like i just want a bit of sweet stuff you know so i kind of made that transition and i do it with a lot of clients i say always have a sa- savory snack first um, because then you might find do i really need it the next day you know and it just helps in terms of recalibrating taste buds as well mm-hmm. so i did the same for breakfast i was like no do you know what i want people on a savory breakfast to get them kind of off sweet foods and that's like even your smoothies so <laughs> so i said to you i'm gonna take liquid calories out and you were you were kind of like what what don't make this too hard but i said you know just for a month i want people to learn how to cook a breakfast that's savory protein based um you know there can be carbs in there uh, of course but i want yeah. those carbs to come from natural you know kind of vegetable fruit based sources yeah. if possible and the grains bit, I went back and forth because I do think, you know, most people are okay on on kind of some good quality grains, be that kind of rice or quinoa or or rolled oats. You know, as long as it's kind of in its in its whole grain form, it's not been refined down mm. into anything like a quinoa pops or something. Yeah. And I do think, you know, okay, most people are actually fine on that. And this is what we're saying about with me and you. We kept going, is this tiny little detail relevant? Yeah. Um, but w- then we thought, you know what, the purpose of the elimination diet is is let people find out if it works for them. And so for me, taking out the grains, dairy, and the liquid calories was like, actually, let's get people eating solid food, doing some food prep, and kind of eating, you know, generally really nutritious foods that are going to balance their blood sugar levels. Um, And it's funny because the feedback that we've had, so we know our members, some of our members are on there, is all bit about kind of, I'm missing this, I'm missing that. But then after a couple of weeks, their taste buds are adapting really slowly. And they're kind of like, actually, the sweet cravings are going. Because actually you're teaching the brain not to expect them because yeah. every morning you wake up it's eggs it's turkey wraps it's an omelet you know and then so gradually it's smoked salmon and then the brain's going okay so i'm not getting any sweet stuff so it gradually starts to kind of not expect it and that's what we wanted and and then in the next few phases i've started to add those things back in i said if you want to have some porridge have some porridge um but keep a food diary and kind of say like does my appetite kind of start to you know kick in again kind of a couple of hours after porridge whereas maybe salmon and avocados kept me going for much longer Mm -hmm. and not thinking about food so generally when people come to us and want to do a plan their blood sugar levels are all over the place their appetite's not great as in that kind of their appetite signaling their satiation signaling isn't Mm -hmm. great so me and you talked about this for long periods of time and i said you know what i just think kind of focus on savory foods high fat high protein is going to get those things to start kicking in and people feel more in control. Um, and then, because we're not kind of Nazis about food, 
um, you know, then we want to bring in some some things like some dark chocolate and you know some yeah. some decent grain dishes. But again, I, I really want people to reflect after that first month and go, do you know what? I definitely think a, a protein based or a savoury based, I should say, breakfast and snacks work for me. Um, some other things that I really kind of emphasised was meal timing, and that seemed to be a shocker for a lot of people. And this, I laid this, it out. This has I, actually been quite huge, yeah, actually, yeah. in terms of the... the. I mean, because bear in mind, we launched this plan officially in January, so we're just starting to get a load of the phase one results in. in yeah. And I think today everyone has mentioned the meal timing and the meal frequency thing. Well, I th- this is where I came up with a diagram because for ages I've gone over and over going, well, what if you wake up at six? What if you wake up at nine? <laughs> so I did, didn't I? In the end, I was like, I'm going to do a diagram for every single day, depending on if you wake up. Or most six, seven and eight are kind of like typical times most people wake up. So when should you have breakfast? When should you have lunch? When should you have dinner? And it sounded silly. And when I was talking to my dad a bit about it, I was going, I'm telling people when to eat in terms of what would be the most ideal meal timing for digestion system to rest and for insulin levels to come back down and, and, and you to be in a bit of a fat burning state in your day because you're not eating. Mm. Um, so the hormone glucagon is released when we're not eating and that pulls, you know, basically fat for energy. It pulls fat out of fat stores for energy. Um, I have to give a shout out to one of our members, Tracy, who I did a little video on this, didn't I? Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, uh, the, the, pe- the kind of the roles of insulin and glucagon and glucagon being your kind of fat burning hormone. And she loved it, and she went off and told a friend about it, but then she called it glucagon. <laughs> so, and whenever I read it, I'm like, yeah, about glucagon. I keep saying it in my head. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so the meal timing thing was, was something, and people didn't understand that, you know, when we're eating, we're kind of in a bit of a fat storing mode, if anything. When we're not eating, then we're going to burn our fat stores. So are you in not eating mode enough of your day? Mm-hmm. Um, and again... Just say, because it's, it's important to point out, like, don't just take from this, like, oh, I just need to not eat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my, my glucagon will be through the roof <laughs> yeah. and I'll be a fat burning machine. Glucagon. And the last uh, two dilemmas that I really had that well, I kind just of... Just to be clear, like, so we've kind of, like, stuck to the basic three meals a day, snack in between. We've given options yeah. if you feel you really need to. Yeah, and they're mainly slavery, which people yeah. are a bit like, oh, well, where's the kind of paleo bar or the the, yeah. you know, the kind of sticky date ball that I, I you know, that yeah. you're, you're seeing now in the coffee shops and they're, they're as sugary. They're bloody expensive. <laughs> they are, they? Blinking out. You keep, that's two a good pound, thing. £2.50 for this, like, one bite of bloody <laughs> some dates and nuts. <laughs> You know, I'm like, are you having a laugh? I think that's a, a blessing for you. Well, <laughs> I'm not really into that kind of thing anyway, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? But but I just think, I don't I don't understand it. No. So no. you get that with a coffee and you're like five pound down. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that was something that I, I, I kind of uh, emphasised was kind of going down that savoury route. But also, this is something that we went on a course once with a nutritionist who was talking about um, how to get your clients to lose weight and started to launch straight into like intermittent fasting, ketogenic diets. Uh, and these are ketogenics now apparently taking over paleo in terms of, you know, popularity. And the thing is, I just think there's a level of extremeness sometimes because mm. when you want to balance out your blood sugar levels and you want to just get everything stable, sometimes the, these things can just feel intimidating and they get so extreme that after a couple of weeks, you just want to do the opposite. So they become this stress. Not everyone. Some people are so into this and focused, you know, like kind of been doing it for years. Then, you know, give ketogenic a try, give intermittent fasting. But for the majority of the population who are like, I just want to lose weight, keep it off and then kind of fuel myself to do all the stuff I love in life. Like go off and put my stamp on life, which is something that we did mention, by the way, your mindset at the start. It's so crucial that this is in the context of health, not because you hate your body. Um, But yeah, we we kind of... um, 
I lost my train of thought there. But so, no, so so on this course they were saying, oh, intermittent fasting, da, 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 and we've kind of said no. And I actually put my hand up and said, do you know what? I just get people eating three good meals a day, mm. three decent, as in nutritious. You know, in that they can go, well, I've got healthy fats, proteins, I've got you know vitamins and minerals, and and get used to that food prep and get quick at it. So, mm. me and you don't cook you know, loads loads of times in the day, we get savvy at like, okay, we've got some tin fish in, I can whack a salad together in a few minutes, always got avocados, always got boiled eggs in the fridge, like get savvy with yeah. that. And sometimes when we're cooking, you know, uh, you know, batch cooking, we're not necessarily cooking our meal for that evening. We just know full well that that's just a bug in the freezer for the next few days. Like sometimes, you know, like we might just like knock together some burgers, whack them in the oven you know, like we've got like 12 burgers in there that we yeah. know will be great for like the next day's lunch and or even like a, you know, protein-based snack, you know, half a burger or a burger, whatever. Or we bung a load in the freezer. Meanwhile, you know, on, on the cooker, we might be doing like a big like uh, chicken and veg stir fry or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, and, and again, it's like, it's like all things, you know, the more you do something, the better you get at it. The quicker you get, the more efficient you get, you yeah. know. Yeah, you've got to train your cooking skills, essentially, haven't you? Well, yeah. You know, and, and I think as well, like, you know, a, a big, you know, as as we know, a big barrier uh, that people, a big obstacle that people throw up is time. Don't have time. Don't have time, time, time. And I think, I, I get it. Some people are incredibly busy, work very long hours. They've got children, big family, whatever it may be. But at the same time, I think, you know, you almost need to put your foot down a little bit, don't you? And just say, look, you can't keep using that as an excuse. Yeah. Like, you know, this is your health that you're talking about here. Yeah, this yeah. is your family. Absolutely. And you need to take a bit of responsibility here. You can't just sleep and oh, I don't have time, so I'm just going to eat uh, biscuits for dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and, and, and I think, you know, sometimes we need to be the ones to kind of just put our foot down a little bit and get a bit like, come on. I know choices that I can do in like, you know, less than five minutes food-wise. You know, even if it's kind of walking into a supermarket and buying cooked prawns and avocado and a bag of rocket, that's that's good choice. Do you know what I mean? I don't, no food prep there. And so, you know, running a business, we've got used to that. And, and even kind of another thing I've put in the plan was label reading. So if you went in the supermarket and were like, I just want a, a soup, you know, but then you could maybe add to that soup. So I always say to people, you could get a ready-made soup that's predominantly vegetables and stock, and then you can chuck in some, some you like know... cooked chicken cooked, breast or something. Yeah, some cooked protein, and you can have uh, make a big salad to go with that, you know, uh, have some fruit for dessert and a yoghurt. Like, there's just... There is a lot of grab-and-go food that's really healthy, but someone else will come and go... I just set a packet of biscuits because that's all that was there. And it's like, yeah. it, it wasn't. It's just that your brain was going, just give me some energy. Right now. And, you know, and that's where your brain, which is geared, you know, like the brain seeks reward. It seeks sugar and, and high fat. And, and, you know, so it went straight to that aisle that was going to offer that, that quick hit of energy. Well, it's like, a, you know, I had a conversation with a client the other day who had ordered a, a takeaway. Um, and I asked them, like, oh, well, what made you... Because, again, nothing wrong with ordering a takeaway. They can be part of, like, a healthy lifestyle, no problem. However, you know, we've got a, I've got a, like, my client's got a goal that, that he's trying to hit. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, bearing in mind as well that he's, he's diabetic. Yeah. Um, One so, thing I always say about So this is also a little bit different. You know, we're not just looking at this from a, oh, don't eat that because of fat loss. There's, there's obviously a huge health aspect here as well. Yeah. The only thing I have to say about takeaway, like you've said, you can go healthy, bear in mind... The, the food quality is probably the poorest of the poor mm-hmm. in terms of takeaway food. And I only know that from someone who works in the industry and said it's the cheapest oils, the cheapest protein, high temperature cooking. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a disaster. For, for diabetes, it's a disaster. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So but, going going beyond the, yeah. you know, like the, you know, going beyond the fat loss. And But when I asked them why they did it, they just said didn't have time. That was the answer. I didn't have time. 
But then in my head, I was a bit like, well, you know, it takes to get your to ring them up, and get through, and get your order in. You're looking at a few minutes, yeah. right? In that time, you probably could have like beaten some eggs, chopped some onions, some tomato, yeah, you know, and then. In the time you're waiting for it to arrive, like what's that, 20, 30 minutes, you could have easily have not together like a, an omelette. Yeah. You know, like even like a, 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 you know, a nice, very tasty like cheese and ham and vegetable omelette yeah, or something like that, you know. And, and again, it's like just, it's changing people's mindsets a little bit. And it takes time. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a takeaway and, you know, like we'll have the odd Indian takeaway, although it's been a while actually. Maybe we should uh, treat ourselves tonight, <laughs> yeah. Friday night and all that. Um, you know, but I'm just trying to put things into perspective a little bit. And that was like a, a big part of what we're trying to do here, just getting people to change their approach to this in the first place and almost ditching the excuses from the start. Because we always say that fat loss is not easy, especially at first. You know, change is hard. And we've always said this. And anybody that tries to sell you a plan that's like, oh, you know, super duper easy fat loss, it doesn't exist because there's always going to be an element of restriction. Well, no, uh, yeah, there's like a period of what, what we call the discomfort zone yeah. that you've got to go into where you're it's like, uh, it's a bit, you know, sorry, the sweets and biscuits and Chris are going like, you know. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, just you've got to balance your blood sugar levels. and, and I, But then I, I've, again, I did a members video where I said, it's like the first couple of minutes of your run, you know, it's not going to, but you push through that because you yeah. want that end gain of the end of the yeah. run. And same for your workout. You might start and go, like, you know, this, is, this isn't this is easy. But you push through it because you want to train. So, um, and it's the same with your, with the, you know, kind of with those eliminations and changing your nutrition. You push through the discomfort zone, that yeah. initial period, and you're going to get the results. Like, yeah. it's there and, waiting. And, and that's when, you know, you have that, like, whoa it's worked and it's freedom and, it's and freedom i feel better and i look better yeah. and it's and then you can see that the, the effort you're putting in and those times when you've been like oh dear this is really quite hard and it is and that's the thing like where i think nothing irritates me more in our industry when people start going oh just man up just suck it up it's like well like no like you need to be you need to have a little bit more empathy because we know all too well that any kind of change because bear in mind some people have had these habits for years decades potentially you know do you think you can just click your fingers and go oh i'm on this plan now boom that's out the window happy days yeah. it doesn't work like that it's tough you have the initial excitement of all oh, new plan new exercise i'm eating well yay i'm on this health kick but then you have this little moment where there's there's that kind of real wobble and it's like oh god i could smash a smash a pack of digestives right now <laughs> you know or, or should we just order a pizza you know i've worked hard this week it's friday night and and these thoughts will start to kick in and that is where this kind of element of like difficulty and like i say this element of restriction um does kick in and uh, but i think like Kerry says you need to push through it in that initial phase start getting into a habit start getting into a healthier routine and then again, like you start seeing the change, you start feeling the change, it's rewarding and it inspires you to keep pushing forward. And the brain won't expect those things anymore. Exactly, because a lot of these things are habits. A lot of people are like, you know, I just snack at my desk because, you know, someone gets the biscuits out at 11 o'clock every day and we all kind of like have a cup of tea and a few biscuits. And, and it's like, shut off glucagon. Glucagon. <laughs> poor, poor old glucagon. Interestingly, one, um, so the mindset side we've dealt with, which is probably the first time we've really emphasized this on a program and said about, You've got to kind of work with your body. Your body is your best mate. It's like a marriage for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine hating the person that you're married to. Like it's just, just so it's gonna. It's just so destructive for your you know mental emotional health. 
So we put some stuff in there saying start to appreciate your body and work with it. Um, but somebody did email me and said that they didn't feel like they'd got enough results after phase one. And then they uploaded their pictures because there's a transformation tracker to basically put your pictures up there and assess your sleep and assess your stress so that yeah. you don't get a Charles Poliquin coming around and grabbing your <laughs> muffins <laughs> up and going, when did you last get eight hours sleep? Um, and And she could see it. It was really weird. But when she was kind of looking at the scales, she didn't feel like she got the results. And again, we've talked about this, that, you know, we've kind of got people to weigh themselves and do some circumferences, but the pictures uh, are good. volumes, don't they? But more than that, we've asked people to assess, you know, kind of like mood, energy, and, and, and do a skin selfie, mm. because I think that's where they're going to see change, and change is motivating. And if you're at home and you're kind of like, well, I keep weighing myself, I've lost a pound and I give up everything, it's change, it, it, it can be slow for some people, yeah. But it's, everything is changing on the inside. Like hormonally, you're changing. Like neurotransmitters, your brain chemicals are changing. And that's going to build this foundation for you going forward and being able to have that freedom from cravings, freedom from mm-hmm. low moods and freedom from fatigue that stops you doing the things that you need to do yeah. to be fit and healthy. But um, just one other thing... Um, that I had a big dilemma on, and we talked about this, so it's great that you just mentioned time, and everyone says, I don't have time, was calories and tracking macronutrients, because we went back and forth, and I said, should we do calories? Should we put calories on recipes? And should we do calorie recommendations? And you were adamant, you were like, no. And I kind of was like, oh. And I I looked back, and I was like, has it really helped people? And I thought, do you know what? It's not, because it's made them feel like they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. So if they step out of that, which is really hard to do, which is really easy to do, sorry, if they step out of their calorie recommendations, they feel guilty and they restrict instantly. Um, and they go out for a meal and they can't suddenly know what they're eating because it's cooked by, it's a gastro pub. And, yeah. you know, and then they're like furiously in my fitness pal going, well, this one's not tracked, you know. So we break that intuitive relationship with eating. Like, are we hungry? Are we full? Have we had enough? Uh, we had chips today. Can we leave that behind now and just get back onto healthy eating? Mm. We leave all that behind because we're governed by numbers and rules. Um, a good book to read if you're kind of still obsessed with calories is The Diet Myth by um, Tim Spectra because he just talks about how the fact that there is a massive margin for error. The, the food industry yeah. allows something like yeah. 20% error on the calorie labelling for a start. Then you've got the the kind of if it's cooked or if it's not cooked will actually have an effect on how many calories you absorb from the meal. Yeah. So I think it's if it's raw, then it's less. So salad is obviously less than kind of cooked uh, vegetables. What it's paired with makes a big difference the more hyperpalatable it is. So I think John Berardi put a study out saying peanut butter, your body extracts more calories from eating peanut butter than eating a handful of peanuts. peanuts and yeah. that's got to be to do with how, how it's so much more palatable that the brain goes, this is delicious, hoover that up. Yeah. <laughs> like, add salt to that and you're, We'd be interested to know, like, you know, because, I mean, you know, if you're like me, you could probably, I could just, you know, pass me a big old jar of peanut butter and a spoon and I'll smash the lot, no problem. If, hey, you're not doing bad on Nobby's nuts either. If, <laughs> but that's the salt, you see. Yeah. If I passed you plain peanuts, you might be like, all right, but I've had enough. Yeah, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't consume anywhere Copious near as, yeah, as, yeah. as much. To be fair, though, Nobby's nuts, uh, you know, it's quite cool because you get it in the sachet, you've got portion control right there. It's a decent <laughs> size rather than one of the big bags of nuts, you know. High five, Nobby. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, it'd be interesting to know that even if you had, like, a heaped tablespoon or something, which yeah. is actually quite a lot of peanut butter, what the equivalent would be in just peanuts. peanuts. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it'd be interesting to know that actually how many you're actually consuming in, would you ordinarily consume that many peanuts if you were eating them, to give that example? And it which would, is, and it would which override. Which is essentially exactly what you've just said, but in a way. <laughs> yeah, it would override the off switch. Hmm. So the more high pounds, but but he talks about the gut bacteria. So always going back to the gut will also govern 
um, and kind of your leptin uh, health. So does your body's if it, if your body's like oh do you know we're in a state of deprivation and fat we need some more body fat <laughs> because all your hormones like leptin and insulin aren't communicating effectively because of poor lifestyle and nutrition. Um, then you will start hoovering up more calories from the food. So mm-hmm. you've got bacteria kind of make that secondary decision. Your hormones do. So he's like, why are we sat on my fitness pal for hours and hours? Just look at how calories in, calories out has failed as miserably yeah. it has. And and kind of look at the, you know, basically it kind of, I've said it kind of puts people in a fat storing, makes them fat storing machines because serious deprivation, serious drops in calories just makes the body panic and go, I need to store fat. But, but I suppose, again, it kind of like we were talking about this the other day, weren't we, about like th- there's nothing, because, you know, let's go way, way, way back, you know, you know, when before all of this even existed, calories, you know, macros, whatever, and we just ate the food that was available, yeah? You know, caveman times, whatever bloody time it was. And I'm sure there were days where, as humans, we consumed less than a 1,000 calories. Yeah. Male, female, young, yeah. older, whatever. But we just got on with it, with the view that probably in a day or two, we were going to catch a, a big old beast yeah, and yeah. we were going we to feast. Yeah. And probably be in a surplus of calories yeah. or maybe around two that I don't know. And I yeah. think people become so fixated on 1800 oh, calories 1800, a day, 1500, 2000. Yeah. Oh, I want to bulk up, so I'm just going to smash 5000 calories. And it's like the human body is an amazing thing, so there's nothing wrong with being in a calorie deficit so long as you don't stay at like a thousand calories a day for long periods of time yeah. with the view that that's the only way to get results. And I think for us, being able to it's quite empowering on some days going, do you know what? I ate a lot less today than I usually do because I didn't really feel like eating anymore. Yeah. And then other days saying, actually, God, I really felt like I needed a bit extra today. So I had an extra portion of carbs with my dinner or I grabbed a banana in between breakfast and lunch because I felt I needed it. And like you say, that being a bit more intuitive and listening yeah. to your body, but then not going, ah, there's 100 calories in this banana. Is that going to throw me off? Like, oh, core blimey. You know, is that my results scuppered? It was, um, it's interesting you say that because in the second phase of Fit 16, I did some stuff on, now that you're stable, now you know how to cook three meals a day, you might want to play around with this. And, like, some tips on just being... Adaptation. Yeah, basically. And the men was a bit different to the women's because men, I think, can do better on fasting and kind of like, mm-hmm. like you just said, feasting, fasting, feasting, fasting. The male body is kind of... I think it's more designed for that stressor, whereas the female body protects fertility a little bit mm-hmm. more. Uh, but then the menopausal woman actually maybe can be a bit more like the man because she's not protecting fertility. So, mm-hmm. you know, these, these are just some things that we put in there and said, like, you know, you could play around with it and have days where you're like, I'm not that hungry today. I'm going to go down to two meals. But then the yeah. next day, oh, I'm back to three meals. You know, well, but, actually, but, I mean, to, to kind of give an example, I had two meals yesterday. Which is just which is unheard th- of. Kira <laughs> yeah. are you feeling okay? Do you want to go to the doctors? But I just checked, I had a really busy morning. You know, yeah. I was up, I was out, and I had a really, really busy morning. Didn't eat my first meal till about one o'clock, half one. But it was a big old meal, protein and fat-based. Really, really enjoyed it, loved it. And then went, obviously, till dinner time and had a nice big dinner. Yep. And that was proteins, carbs, fats. It was the, the full shebang. Um, and, it's a very but, natural approach to it, Yeah, to and it wasn't... It wasn't I, I didn't plan to do it. It just kind of happened and I ate what my body wanted. And today I felt great, had an awesome workout this morning, yada, yada. I mean, back to the... So the back to the calories and tracking thing, one thing that I really wanted to highlight when we talked about it, and then in the end I was like, do you know what, scrap it, we're not using it, because... I don't think it brings any benefit to people from from what I have seen, you have seen, and 
we were right because people are getting results and they're not using any calories and, yeah. and macros. Um, but interestingly, what you just said about people don't have time to cook, people don't have time to prioritize sleep, people don't have time to sit down for ten minutes uh, and just do something they like doing, like coloring or you know meditating. Mm. Yet they've got time to sit on my fitness pal inputting calories and macros. Yeah, crazy. It's like it's just not the priority. The, and and, the and truth that's when is... I was like, no, it needs to go. We need to just move people away from this kind of elect like this technological approach to health, you know, and you say the same about sleep apps. Um, and it's funny because HRV actually, when, when, the, the next episode we're going to talk about the training Ooh. side, but the heart rate variability, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to put it in because I just think people need to know. And some people are training for a lot of events and, you know, kind of obstacle races and stuff. They just need to, they can't almost be trusted to not do it. Mm. But HRV is kind of a, should I train, should I not train app? You know, like, but it based on your feedback from your heart rate variability. Uh, but you were like, no, people need to know this. They, they need to understand in their body, sit there and go, well, I've trained four consecutive days. Don't you think I need a day? Or, you know, like, and that's, yeah. that was something. We did put that in in the end just because we get questions about it a lot. I think people, like, you know, like, just to put it bluntly, just need to step up a little bit and be like, I am a human. <laughs> I am awesome. I know my own body yeah. and my capabilities. And don't get me wrong this does take time yeah. it does take time and it's all cool and having all these little gadgets and apps and all of that i get it but i'm at a point now where i could plan an absolutely mental workout because i'm like yeah i'm gonna go for it today but i'll wake up and i'll go do you know what today's not the day for me to do that and i might just regress the workout do something different or not even train at all and go for a walk and no app or whatever is going to kind of tell me no, Otherwise, you need to go for a walk. <laughs> and it's, it's the same as, um, you know, like these, the sleep apps. You know, we, we get a lot of people with messages saying, oh, um, went to bed at this time last night, got up at this time, it was eight and a half hours. But according to this app, I was disturbed for this many minutes throughout the night and it wasn't a very good quality night's sleep. But then I'll go back and say, but how did you feel upon waking? I felt, oh, I felt good. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> like twitching and, it, in and it's almost like, but you know, people have obviously like it's almost like they're losing trust in themselves. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. to a degree, it's the same with sat navs. You know, we're so reliant on sat navs now. I know. Like I, I get I, lost all the time. <laughs> I, I'd be like, I don't know what I'd do now if if I was in a zone where there was no satellite navigation and I'd have to read a map. Yeah. I'd probably be like, you don't look at road signs anymore, which drives me mad. No, that's the yeah. thing because you become complacent yeah. because I don't need to. Because no. this voice goes. But then she you know, freezes and you go and drive past the exit, which starts like, That out. was our exit. Did you not see that? That's not what but, she said. <laughs> I think one day, is it, what's that Alexa thing that people have got? Is it that? Oh, that Amazon Echo thing or something like that? Yeah, where she turns the oven on and off and you're heating on and off for you. You just say, she? Yeah, doesn't she? Why haven't we got one? <laughs> so like Alexa turn the heating on and it happens I don't know how I've just seen people doing it and I think one day you're going to get to the point where you wake up in the morning and you're going to have a voice going you slept for six hours <laughs> you went to the toilet twice you need to uh, not train today you know like it's all going to be and she'll be she'll be reading your heart rate <laughs> and your heart rate will be rising she'll be like oh god we got these, like, uh... you can see it going that way and that and it's it's sad yeah and I think you know I've got a Fitbit which I use mainly because I kind of walk the dog in the morning, walk the dog in the afternoon, and in the middle, I'm not great. I'll get into work, and I just, I've got it to make me take a few breaks and go and do, like, a little bit of yoga and stuff. It buzzes mm-hmm. now every, and says, you haven't moved this hour. So I am finding that beneficial. Yeah. And also, I find it beneficial almost to kind of realise, like, I am quite active, you know, and, and so I don't really, I don't really need it now. I know kind of yeah. how far I, I walk, but it just reminds me I am kind of almost 
how much I just clock up walking the dog. You know, yeah. so I don't need to go and do this, that, and the other in the evening. I'm actually quite active thanks to my pup trainer. Well, it's actually quite cool as well now because we are we've moved, haven't we, to Tunbridge Wells in yes, Kent? Lovely, that, yeah. lovely house here, right by woods, lovely and quiet. And it's funny because Tunbridge Wells is an absolute pain in the ass for parking. So, but it's only about a 15, 20 minute walk into the town. Yeah. And you kind of have this thought, mm, should I drive? Should I not? Should I walk? But then it's so bad for parking. You're almost, we, we always walk. So we're clocking up so much more steps in that sense because, you know, we're, we're driving less. Well, we start walking to the supermarket, which is unheard of because we buy so much food. And Take then we have to farmers walk it all back, which is... A little added workout. Yeah, it's quite a impressive. A little trap workout. Um, but just quickly, just to kind of wrap up, really, I've because... Just got one, more, one more point on carbs when we finish. The last dilemma that I had was the carb dilemma. So right. do you go low carb or, you know, low fat could work as well. And uh, so I developed a, a carb fat seesaw. So people can Which kind I was of figure, very impressed it, with. figure it out. And it's basically either intervention is just going to work in some ways because it's going to limit energy intake mm. but then equally um both offer you benefits you know we've got tribes Absolutely. in the world living on high fat diets tribes living on high carb diets there's benefits to having glucose there's benefits to having omega-3s and and you know all your mediterranean fats and things like that um and saturated fats so actually just seesaw it so play yeah. around with it and just uh, again there's just guidance on depending on how much weight you've got to lose what carbohydrate kind of bracket would, would work for you, what car- what foods. So my big thing on macros was I just changed the sauce and got people to seesaw them. Yeah. And I feel like that's, and I do that myself, so meals where I'm having a really high-fat meal, I'd taper down the carbs. If I'm having a really high-carb meal, i taper down the fats. And then it, it kind of people just needed to see what that looked like, and it's, it's about how you cook the food, what you serve it with, the sides. Um, <clears throat> that, that's not to say, like, you know, for, for example, you know, if you are having, like, a some salmon you know an oily fish that you should not have any carbs whatsoever you probably shouldn't go crazy with massive portion of rice or white potato or something like that yeah, not say you can't have any no. but just be a bit more savvy with portion size which to be honest was going to be my point was that you know we don't no, we don't portion. we don't eliminate any macronutrient like as Kerry's mentioned we need them all but it's, it's kind of the the more weight you have to lose Obviously, like you're saying, the more you've got to be aware of portion control and energy intake. So you've got to kind of limit carbs and fats. You know, generally, if you've got three or four stone to lose, um, you know, several kilos. Whereas mm. when you're coming down to like just a little bit tidying up or even there is a section in the plan that's maintaining gain, mm-hmm. then it's kind of just about like it doesn't really that becomes a bit irrelevant, really, because you need the energy and your, your metabolism's fixed and you're kind of firing. So it's not so much of a big problem, but you still need to be aware of kind of how you're eating, when you're eating. Mm. Those factors still are still oh, Absolutely, and, and a big part of the, 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 well, not just phase one throughout the entire plan, but, you know, uh, people have only just uh, finished phase one, so we'll keep it, we'll keep it relevant. Um, you know, it's making people very aware of portion sizes. You know, what is a portion of protein? What is a portion of carbs? What is a portion of fats? And most importantly, how you adapt those portions based on you as an individual, your goals, your your kind of like um, level of exercise, frequency of exercise, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and all these things count, Go, you know, and, and it's important that you have the knowledge to be, to be able to adapt those things accordingly. Um, which, as Keris mentioned, you know, which will no doubt change throughout the 16 weeks because you've got four four-week phases. And, you know, 
you're going you you will be different from phase to phase because each phase you'll be a little bit leaner um you'll no doubt be a little bit fitter a little bit stronger you'll be training a bit harder you'll be moving more you know so we need to adapt along the way as we go and hence the reason why we've broken it down into four phases rather than like here's your 16 week plan crack on see you later let's know how you got on um so yeah i mean i think we should wrap up there because yeah. um Next door's dog appears to be uh... we're going mental. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and we can maybe t- discuss like training dilemmas and things like that next time. Yeah, you had a Can't... lot of training dilemmas that were very yeah. useful. And we we do waffle, don't we? <laughs> we I do. Thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought we'd cover both in this podcast, it but was, no, it was useful. It and was the, useful. The training side, we're going to cover if I do things, say so myself. <laughs> things like how you structure your weekly workouts, hip versus full body versus a bit of vanity training. We covered all of that in our kind of our discussions. So we thought, why yeah. not do a, a podcast on it, and so people can look. And, you know, and structure. again, being a bit more intuitive with your training as well, you know, not less, you know, it's forcing it. It's not just about intuitive eating. You need to be able to be able to adapt your training along the way as well, as we mentioned earlier. So, guys, I hope you got plenty of value from that. Um, you know, if you do want some more information about Fitter 16, just uh, www.fitter16.com. Um, there's plenty more information on there about kind of like what's involved, how it's broken down. Um, but as Kevin mentioned earlier, you know, a big thing that we are hugely proud of is that is the uh, transformation tracker. So you get a nice little online profile where you submit your stats, um, you know, photo before photos, a smiley selfie or a skin selfie as we call it, because we want to go beyond fat loss beyond the before and after and get people to be able to look at how much their skin health has improved and how much more energized they feel um you know how much uh, their sleep has improved etc etc um but of course it's important to highlight that when you do sign up you will fill out a kind of like fit of food health questionnaire to where you know you'll answer questions based on your goals uh, your current like ability level do you train in a gym do you train at home with just your body weight or do you train at home with just like minimal equipment like a pair of dumbbells um, and of course um, you will receive a nutrition plan and a training plan based on the information you input so it's tailored in that sense it's not just a one-size-fits-all plan at all hence the reason it took so long to make but it's done now we love it and we're loving that people are getting amazing results big big shout out to everybody that has jumped on board so far and has got a uh, you know has made an amazing change and is getting the rewards so keep up the good work guys as always guys uh, it's been a pleasure any questions whatsoever about anything please 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 get in touch on our facebook page email us info at fearfood.com um, and of course if you did love this episode and you love fear food radio podcasts please share away if you haven't left a review leave a review good or bad hopefully it's a good one um, and we will see you in episode number 83 won't we Keris? we will indeed Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.